Hello everyone and welcome to Film Etc, the only movie review podcast you need in life. My name is Mike Webb, I'll be your host, and it's been a few months since I've recorded a proper movie review. I'm in year three of doing this podcast and I hope that this year I'll be more consistent than ever. I was originally going to record an episode on Avatar The Way of Water, but if I were to talk about it at such great length, that episode would be over an hour long. So instead, I'm going to review a smaller film called EO. And no, this is not about Captain EO, the character Michael Jackson plays at an amusement park. No, this movie is all about an ass. Excuse me, a donkey. This movie is about a donkey. And I've been waiting since the beginning of this year when it came to my local art house cinema to see it. But does this little mule from Poland pay off for me in return? If you guys are new to the show, I welcome you all. Every episode I review is a new movie that is currently out in theaters or on streaming and graded on a number scale from 0 to 10. So without further ado, let's get into my review of EO. Now, before we get into this review, I must cap you off with a warning. If you guys are new to the show, or if this is your first time, or if you need a little bit of refresher, I am diagnosed with autism, so you may hear my wording get jumbled up a bit. So I hope you all forgive me, and I hope you all enjoy. EO is the 18th feature-length film from 84-year-old legendary Polish filmmaker Jerzy Skolomowski. He began his work early on making short films before co-writing the screenplay to the 1962 film Knife in the Water, which marked the directorial debut of fellow Polish filmmaker Roman Polanski. He then moved to directing with his debut feature Identification Marks None from 1964, in which he also acted in. Since then, some of his most notable works include the Belgian film The Departure from 1967, which won the Golden Bear for Best Film at the Berlin International Film Festival, and his English-language works, including Deep End and The Adventures of Gerard, both released in 1970, King, Queen, Knave from 1972, the horror film The Shout from 1978, and the drama Moonlighting from 1982, starring Jeremy Irons. Skolomowski has also acted in films outside of his own, including 1981's Circle of Deceit from German director Volker Schlundorf, the 1985 film White Nights from Taylor Hackford, and also stars Mikhail Baryshnikov, Gregory Hines, Helen Mirren, and Isabella Rossellini, Tim Burns' Mars Attacks from 1996, where he has a small role playing the character of Dr. Zeigler, and Marvel's The Avengers from 2012, where he plays Luchkov, the man who interrogates Black Widow at the beginning of the movie. I think that's the role most people will remember him for, but let's talk about his new movie. The plot, to simply put this in words, EO is, a, is all about a donkey. That's all you need to know. Actually, the plot is this. EO, a gray donkey with melancholic eyes and a curious spirit, begins his life as a circus performer before escaping on a trek across the Polish and Italian countryside in a journey marked by absurdity and warmth in equal measure. Legendary filmmaker Skolomowski directs one of his most free and visually inventive films yet, placing the viewer directly in the heart and mind of the titular four-legged protagonist. EO is played by six different donkeys. Their names are Ettore, Hola, Marietta, Mela, Rocco, and Taco. The film also has human actors as well, including Sandra Drzmalska, Lorenzo Zerzolo, Mateusz Kosciuszkiewicz, apologies if I mispronounced that name, and the legendary French actress Isabelle Huppert. Now, if you guys know me well, I do more than just review your typical mainstream blockbuster event tentpole-based 
movies. I also like to review smaller films, ones that are like independently produced outside of a studio system that don't get much attention. And I also like to review uh, movies from around the world that are in a different language that you may not have heard about. I think the power of film in general is particularly universal, no matter what language you speak of. You may recall I reviewed the French film Petite Maman last year, and it became the first film on this podcast to score a perfect 10 out of 10 from yours truly. I've also reviewed other non-English language films like Undina from Germany, Writers of Justice from Denmark, The Worst Person in the World from Norway, and more recently Decision to Leave from South Korea. And now we have my first film from Poland to review on this very podcast. Now, prior to watching EO, I've only seen two other films from Poland, the first being White from 1994, which is part of Krzysztof Kieslowski's Three Colors trilogy. That film mostly takes place in Warsaw, whereas the other films in that trilogy take place in both France and Switzerland. And of the three in that series, and I'm pretty sure everyone else who's seen the trilogy can all agree, it's the least appreciated one overall. The other one is Ida by Pawel Pawlikowski, which became the first film from Poland to win what was then called Best Foreign Language Film at the Academy Awards back in 2015. After that, Pawlikowski later was nominated for Best Director with his next film, 2018's Cold War, becoming the first Polish language film to be nominated in that category. There are other notable Polish filmmakers like Kieslowski and Pawlikowski. I previously mentioned Roman Polanski and will likely be the only other time ever because when you separate the art and look at the guy's personal life, what he's done in the past, he's basically a horrible human being. There's also Andrzej Wadja, Andrzej Zulowski, Agnieszka Holland, a couple others as well. But as you can probably tell, this is my first film from Jerzy Skolomowski. I've heard a couple of his other movies before, but I've never gone around to watching them. There are a couple of his films that are currently streaming on the Criterion channel if you want to check them out. I failed to mention he also made films like 1985's The Lightship starring Robert Duvall, Torrance of Spring from 1989 starring Timothy Hutton. But after 1991, he took a break from filmmaking for 15 years. It wasn't until he met uh, his... Uh, writing and producing partner, Eva Piaskowska, who's also now his wife, that they've made uh, the last uh, three films, uh, which include Four Nights with Hannah in 2008, Essential Killing in 2010, and 11 Minutes in 2015. And now this is their fourth film, uh, and this is Skolomowski's first in seven years. Now, this film is loosely inspired by the Robert Bresson film Ohazar Balthazar from 1966, for which I have to confess I have not seen, but I do know that that film is inspired by a passage in a novel called The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky, and it follows a donkey who's given to various owners throughout the movie. And the same can almost be said for EO. At the very beginning, we see EO, who's a male donkey, performing at a circus with a wonderful partner, a young woman named Cassandra, played by Sandra Drzmalska. And after the show, another worker, a man, treats EO more harshly and uses him to pull a cart, and they go through a scrapyard. And then as they're returning, there's a bunch of animal rights activists, and then a man uh, who takes... Uh, all the animals and repossesses them uh, from the circus, including EO. And this all this all happens within the first 10 minutes of the movie. And where this movie goes is wherever EO goes. We just follow the donkey. He, he goes from uh, uh, he goes from being a circus performer to being on farms for like a couple new owners. There's like one sequence where uh, you see uh, uh, all the animals that are playing uh, with these kids who are, have like special needs. And then there's like one point in the movie where uh, 
EO is like, I've had enough of this. He uh, breaks himself free from the farm and is just roaming around the vistas, landscapes, and neighboring towns that surround him, including a town full of crazy soccer fans or football if you live outside the U.S., a Polish truck driver, and a young Italian priest whose mother is played by the legendary Isabelle Huppert. And this movie is all wrapped in under 90 minutes. Now, this film premiered at last year's Cannes Film Festival, where it won the jury prize, which is basically third place overall behind the Grand Prix and the Palme d'Or. I already reviewed this year's Palme d'Or winner, Triangle of Sadness, directed by Ruben Usland. You can go back and listen to my review here on this podcast. But this film, this is Poland's entry for best international feature film at this year's Academy Awards, which uh, by the time this episode has uh, come out, it is already nominated in that category. While watching this movie, I was completely in a trance that just felt euphoric from beginning to end. This film is a visceral cinematic experience, although probably not one the mainstream audiences will get behind. They would probably ask questions like, what's going on? What am I watching? What's actually happening here? And I can honestly say this is not an easy watch. Like this is not for younger viewers, probably like under the age of like uh, 13, I want to say. But you can't just look help but look at this donkey, even though they're played by multiple donkeys. And these aren't your normal looking ones. These are uh, Sardinian donkeys, which are native to the island of Sardinia, which is off the coast of Italy. The donkeys in EO definitely reminded me of how I saw First Cow back in 2020, which is a great little film if you want to check that out. And that cow, whose name is Evie, she is a thing of beauty. This brown Swiss cow that's being imported to Oregon for an English immigrant played by Toby Jones in that movie. But yeah, definitely check out First Cow if you want. And yeah, there are are like a bunch of animal movies. I could could be like a sucker for them. But this isn't something like Babe where you have the animals talk with actors providing voiceover. They're not like anthropomorphized or anything. This is more in line with The Bear, not the recent TV show of the same name on Hulu, but the 1988 film from Jean-Jacques Arnaud, where it's primarily focused on a bear and a little cub, and there are humans in the movie as well, and they just don't have a a lot of dialogue. And even a movie like Steven Spielberg's War Horse from 2011 is mainly focused on the horse named Joey, even though it's an adaptation of a book which was then turned into a stage production. As much as I hear people complaining that it's Spielberg lied, I actually enjoyed War Horse for what it is. It came out when I was a sophomore in high school and thought it was an amazing movie. Believe it or not, it was the very first movie where I was introduced to Benedict Cumberbatch. Isn't that a little odd? But is that movie a little bit overbearing and also a bit wishy-washy by today's standards? Yes, but it's completely well made. And that's the reason why I enjoy that movie. Anyway, but what I'm saying is that both the bear and war horse mainly focus on the animal protagonists for the majority of their respective films first cow it's more about settlers in oregon but eo fits more in line with the bear in that part because and i mentioned this earlier there's very little dialogue in this film the donkeys are just being donkeys and the human characters in the film are tested as either good or bad people you could tell at the beginning that eo has a nice bonding with cassandra But when they're separated, there's this sadness and remorse that you feel. And then you have a town full of soccer fans that uses EO as a good luck charm. At at that point, you'd be like, you'd be like laughing and then cheering. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, no, this is going to happen. No, 
Like, even though I mentioned I was in a euphoric state, I've also felt multiple feelings throughout. Like, I was amazed, charmed, angry, sad, laughing, scared, cheering, and, of course, profound. So I got to say, hats off to you, Jerzy Skolomowski. And even though he's 84 years of age, and it's my first film of his I've seen, I'm looking at it like if he's made something that's very eye-opening. The direction he's going for is this creative vision that pushes the boundaries of filmmaking that's filled with bold and innovative ideas. As a story, it's very straightforward, nothing too complicated to wrap your brain around. It's just a simple Hollywood three-act structure. But the way we're focused on EO as being this mysterious framing device, and we watch him progress from being this well-mannered circus performer to a free-roaming donkey looking at the chaotic world around him, it's completely fascinating to watch. It's basically a road trip slash travelogue movie with a donkey. I love the cinematography by Michelle Dimmick. It's very hypnotic and has incredible framing and a couple scenes where you see a little bit of symmetry. It's shot in an aspect ratio that's in between 4x3 and 166, which I really dig. If you want to know what aspect ratios are, you can Google it. There are some really creative trickery of images on display. Like there's one instance where instead of EO, we see a four-legged robot dog roaming around a town in Poland. The color red plays a significant part throughout the movie. Like right off the bat, when you see the opening credits come on, the color slowly turns from white to a more pinkish color and then to red. And it gives some kind of meaning of what it symbolizes, but I don't want to give it away of what it truly means. It's well edited, done by Agnieszka Glinska, the score by Pavel McKitten, apologies if I mispronounced that name, is both haunting and dynamic. It's also nice to see someone like Isabel Huppert, who has a very small role, almost like a cameo almost, but I can't tell whether or not she's speaking either in Italian, French, or Spanish, but I don't mind it. But like every other movie, there are a couple cons that I can find. Every pro has its con, but uh, it's rare to have a perfect movie. Uh, come out but but this was almost perfect there are some strobe effect sequences in this movie especially in the opening like i mentioned uh where the color red plays uh, a part in this but this movie is this is not a movie for those who have epilepsy but, but uh those strobe sequences i find it to be a little bit distracting in that regard the only other thing i had uh that faulted the movie was a brief little scene that involves a little bit of cruelty for an animal those are my only critiques but but one that I think most people will be turned off by is the film's denouement just seconds before the closing credits appear. And I will say there is a scene in the middle in the in the middle of the movie where something familiar like that happens. And you and you think to you're going to and you're thinking to yourself, is this how it's going to play off like that? And then I realized it gave me a philosophical question, but um, I don't want to like ex uh, tell you what it is because that could be like a spoiler. And there could be a counterpart to that discussion, but I don't want to go deep into that detail. And I will say this movie is made with love and compassion towards the animals involved. And it even says at the end of the movie that it says none of the animals were harmed in the making of this film. So I'm happy that that's out there because these are people that just like love and care about these animals in that regard. But even so, I thought EO was a very 
captivating cinematic experience that exceeded expectations. And normally nowadays, I don't make lists for movies that I'm excited to see in the following years because in the past, my high expectations for one particular movie ultimately fell extremely short. But seeing a movie like EO was kind of a treat because I've heard nothing but high praise. I saw it on a rainy Monday night, took a train up to my local art house theater where I got there around half an hour before showtime. At first thought, I was like, am I going to be the only one in this theater? Because a little foreign film that has very little buzz does not appeal to the norm. Lo and behold, there came about 20 more people at that showing. And there was even a row of seven patrons sitting behind me. So I was happy for that. And while getting up there was fun, getting back home was kind of a nightmare. Long story short is that I went up without any plans for dinner, ate some concessions, missed the scheduled train, ended up coming home one hour late, and immediately ate some food because I was starving. And so while heading back home was a pain in the ass, no pun intended, that didn't make my viewing of EO a very bad thing. And I'll be happy to go back to my local art house cinema very very soon so for those of you who are interested eo is now playing in select theaters check your local listings but if you choose not to see it on the big screen don't worry it will be available on vod and it will be streaming on the criterion channel starting february 21st i'm going to give it a 9.3 out of 10. now before we go i want to give you guys a little bit of a word of advice if you would like to call it that and i failed to talk about this in my oscar nominations episode I am a strong advocate for championing the movie-going experience. Now, we've seen movies like Top Gun Maverick and Avatar that have just like like uh, saved the movie theater business from like uh, just like depleting from like all the money and stuff. But what about the other ones? The ones that are like more es- adult skewing mid-budget dramas like The Fablemans and Tar. Like barely anyone has been showing up to those movies. In fact, I have this this statistic right here. 60% of all the Best Picture nominees this year have each made less than $20 million domestically. And the biggest factor is that the pandemic immediately shuffled everything studios and movie theaters were planning to do with these movies. But the biggest saving grace for them is the streaming services. These these movies like Banshees of Inisherin and something like I don't know, all quiet on the Western front have been making a profit uh, through the streaming services because when it's released on uh, on that platform, everyone's been talking about it. They're they're not just like going out to the silver screen just to like spend X number of dollars on like tickets and concessions. But I keep telling everyone this watching a movie at home on your couch is not the same as going to a movie theater. The communal experience of being with other people has this very lively feeling to it, at least for me, at least. We can laugh, cry, or even be profound at what we're watching, whether or not we love the final product, is at least something we can all experience together. And there's even this whole story about AMC theaters charging different prices for select seats, but that's a story for another day. Outside of the big chains, art house theaters and independent cinemas, independently owned cinemas rather, are suffering a fate that's in line with the mid-budget dramas. And watching a movie like EO is by no means not entirely accessible to everyone. And these theaters are struggling to be financially successful. In fact, movie theaters, the way they have to be successful... 
they rely on the concession stands. When a movie comes out like opening weekend, only 10% of all ticket grosses goes to that selected theater alone. So I encourage you all to please support your local independent or our house cinema if necessary. You could wind up seeing a little movie no one's heard about and then talk about it through word of mouth and then they'll probably decide, hmm, maybe I'll give it a shot one day. So if you do want to check out EO, again, check your local independent art house cinema for showtimes. Or if you want to wait, it'll be on VOD and it'll be streaming on the Criterion channel starting the 21st. You can even get a 14-day free trial on there. That's This is not a sponsor, by the way. And you too can experience a donkey roaming through Europe. All right, guys, with all that down, let's end this episode and call it a day. Well, guys, that's going to do it for my review of EO. Have you guys seen this movie yet? Which, if you haven't, I implore you. I know some people are going to listen to this, listen to this review and be like, I don't like watching non-English language films because I can't understand them. Blah, 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 blah. Just grow a pair, man up, and discover something new. Just at least do that for me for once. But in the meantime, guys, you can check out my new website at filmetc.substack.com. I currently just posted a written list of my picks for the top 10 movies of 2022. You could probably guess that EO is going to be on that list, but I will have written reviews very, very soon. Don't worry. This podcast isn't going anywhere. You can follow the show on social media on Instagram at filmetccast. You can also find me at RealMikeWeb on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, and at MikeWeb on Hive. Make sure you subscribe and follow the show on the many places that it streams, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we're now on iHeartRadio if you want to check us out over there leave a good rating leave a five-star review on our apple podcast page that'll help get the show up to the top of the charts tell your friends spread the word of mouth share the show if you must i'll be back soon with more movie reviews but until then guys stay safe thanks for listening and i will see you all at the cinema